September 17th, Friday, podcast number 14. This is the final podcast regarding the specific topic of what's really wrong with American education. I would encourage you to go back and listen to all previous podcasts on the subject. They're very short. Next week, there will be no podcast as I travel to my home state of Nebraska to speak about my book. Oh, and in case you missed the title, Rescue the Teacher, Save the Child, available on Barnes & Noble, Amazon, and at bookstores. Today's topic, Is Everyone Welcomed? The country, the culture, and the people who are a part of the problem and not a part of the solution to the spiraling downfall in American education. Let's address the country. At the age of eight, my dad took me to my first Nebraska football game. I didn't even know much about football, but almost everyone in Nebraska looked at Saturday game days as a social event. The band marched on the field as we were asked to stand for the raised U.S. flag. A 170-member band boldly played the national anthem. Something inside of me welled up in my soul. Goosebumps sat up on my arms as the song continued. Tears formed in my eyes for no reason other than there was an emotional connection to my country's flag and the playing of the Star-Spangled Banner. From that moment on, at the age of eight, I knew I loved this country. And when I grew older, I loved it even with its faults. When I turned 13, school prayer and later the Bible were removed from public schools. I was not aware of its impact at the time. In 1962, the United States Supreme Court didn't ask God to leave our schools. They actually demanded it. Arguably, the court appeared to make the mention of God illegal in our public education. I know this to be true as a choral director. If the word God appeared in any music literature, many times a student or parent would demand I remove the song. Oh, before you click end on this podcast, because I'm probably one of those Christian nuts, I am. Christian, hopefully not nuts. And before you use the favorite anti-Christian word, hypocrite, let me assure you I was the victim of such hypocrisy. For it was my principal and the colleague after my job who attended my church. The other colleague who constantly accused me of not being a great team member is the wife of a pastor. So I get it. I really get it. I am not proposing Christian prayer or Bible class. What I'm proposing is that students and teachers of Christian faith have a voice in the public school system. Academic classes should hold a balance of thought. Margaret Mead, who said children should be taught how to think and not what to think, would like this model. When speaking of the Big Bang Theory, the lesson should be balanced with creationism, with the teacher staying neutral in the presentation. Then children can weigh the lecture with the walk of life they journey. Today, one would be hard-pressed to hear even the mention of creationism in the context of how our universe was formed. It is time to reevaluate how biology, human reproduction, history, English literature, and science are presented. By the way, the Supreme Court didn't actually kick God out. 
But their decision made it easier for a few to cancel the Christian perspective in the public school setting. So the poster, Everyone is Welcome, may not necessarily apply to the Christian community. Let's look at the culture. The definition of secular progressive, according to yourdictionary.com, is a non-religious person or organization that promotes and supports liberal change and reform. Interestingly, the so-called culture wars date back to the 1920s, with the polarization of rural communities and the Roaring Twenties urbanites. James Davison Hunter, a sociologist at the University of Virginia, introduced the expression again in his 1991 publication, Culture Wars, The Struggle to Define America. Hunter described what he saw as a dramatic realignment and polarization that had transformed American politics and culture. He argued that an increasing number of hot-button defining issues like abortion, gun politics, separation of church and state, privacy, recreational drug use, homosexuality, censorship, there existed two definable polarities. Furthermore, not only were there a number of divisive issues, but society had divided along essentially the same lines on those issues, so as to constitute two warring groups, defined primarily not by nominal religion, ethnicity, social class, or even political affiliation, but rather by ideological worldviews. My thoughts? Unfortunately, the American public has allowed and even promoted those cultural conflicts as an integral part of the school system. Why are we addressing gender neutrality restrooms when our kids can't read at grade level? Do we really need to spend part of a classroom period asking each child which pronoun he, she, they, them prefer? Why are debate subjects such as pro-choice versus pro-life required when we are not addressing college preparation or life skills courses? Why is theory about race taught to shame white children and victimize children of color when teen suicides skyrocket every year? And my favorite, why do schools insist on using smartphones, tablets, and computers for an entire day when experts warn that too much screen time may have effects on brain development? According to Dr. Lamont Moore, Director of Educational Leadership at Gardner-Webb University in North Carolina, studies have shown that students who spent more than two hours a day, let me say that one more time, two hours a day using screens scored lower on language and thinking tests. It has also been said that students who spend more than seven hours a day may experience thinning of the brain's cortex. The brain's cortex is the part of the brain that is related to reasoning skills and critical thinking. Again, my thoughts? Parents need to start parenting, especially when their children are in the public schools. If nothing else, COVID taught us that parents discovered an entirely different school environment as they watched their children attend online schooling. And finally, let's address the people. In a simple word, activism has long played a role in education, both positively and negatively. 
According to Terry S. Wilson, School of Education, University of Colorado Boulder, there are three ways to deal with today's issues in public education. Opt out, dissent, and activism. I concur. Parents need to opt out of schools which have a political agenda, either conservative or liberal. Students need to opt out of classes designed to alienate one another or squash freedom of speech. Teachers need to opt out of working for a school district which is reactive and not proactive. Administrators need to opt out of adding any push-the-envelope 21st century class designed to polarize students. We, as a community, need to dissent out loud when poor choices are made at the local schools. Here are examples I know of personally. Rap music, clean lyrics but unwholesome messages, played on the school intercom before classes start. Teachers who use profanity in the classroom. Coaches who diminish players' abilities with rants about failure. Boys identifying as girls using girls' restrooms and locker rooms. Electives taught for their political agenda. And administrators allowing bad behavior in the classroom. We, as a community, need to get off our recliners to attend school board meetings, monitor how our children are taught, and ensure our children are being nurtured in a safe environment. Most importantly, throwing more money at our school systems has not worked in the past. We are fourth in the world in education expenditures, but our literacy rate in the world is seventh behind Switzerland and Sweden. Quite frankly, I do not believe those statistics. In doing extensive research, the U.S. education and achievement levels range anywhere from 1st to 27th. Oversight committees should wield power over the school districts to guarantee taxpayers' money is spent prudently, expeditiously, and with integrity. I am Paula Bach, the author of Rescue the Teacher, Save the Child, Tune in September 27th, and here's the tease. Poetry with a punch. Please share this link with any and all. You can find the written word of today's podcast at rescuetheteacher.com. That's rescuetheteacher, all one word, dot com. And more importantly, if you're experiencing unfair practices in your teaching position, please reach out to me at rescuetheteacher at yahoo.com. That's Rescue the Teacher, all one word, at yahoo.com. And please, please subscribe to my podcast, paulabach.substack.com. That's paulabach, one word, P-A-U-L-A-B-A-A-C-K, dot, substack, one word, S-U-B-S-T-A-C-K, dot com. Hey, everyone, have a great weekend.